AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Seems a little strange to say this, but bean oil was once again an anchor on the soy complex. Beans closed higher, but not by much. Corn futures followed wheat to the upside. Live cattle were solidly higher, and whoa, holy hog market, Batman. Big rally in lean hogs. Live from the shortest day of the year via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk this afternoon. It's a conversation with Brian Doherty. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. And now, the host of AgriTalk, Chip Lo-Ho-Ho-Hori! Wow. That's a, did, that's a whole boatload of Christmas cheer right there, buddy. Did somebody say Christmas? I think somebody... I, I think everybody is saying Christmas. As in, uh, let's get there somehow, some way. We will. Um, yeah. And, we'll as there. in, literally, let's get there somehow, some way. Over the river and through the woods, uh, we might not make it to Grandma's house this year. Yikes. That's right. That is that is looking more and more likely. Okay, so this morning when you were unable to be with us, yes. uh, glad to have you back here this well, afternoon. We'll, but. we'll talk about that, but yeah. Okay. All right. Um Joe, when he did the intro, also oh, mentioned did. the shortest day. Oh, of he the did. Year. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of a sad day for me now. Oh, okay. It is because it's my dad's birthday. Oh. All right. You oh, know, shoot. but hey, yeah. hey, yeah. Uh, you know, I miss him every day, but happy birthday, dad. Uh, yeah. It's kind of a yeah, bittersweet kind of thing because things do get better from here. Well, I sure. get that. Right. Yeah. A little more sunlight, you know, you get a yeah. little better tan. We're just, yeah, we're, we're one day closer to getting back to speedo weather. Back in the boat, baby. Yeah. Back in yeah. the boat. We are yep. closer. Saddle yeah. them up. <laughs> and look at that. Good Me stuff. and Stackler with the broadcaster's intuition. We're on the same wave. Wow. It's un, it, it is crazy, you know, and, and <laughs> Joe even had some special music for me at the start of the show. Oh, he did. You guys, you guys, wait. When did this happen? Davis, it's mm. you and I that share the brain. Did you start sharing with Joe, too? I gave him the password, and I felt like maybe oh! I shouldn't have at the time. Um, You're going to yeah. have to buy more storage in the cloud if we're going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's got storage to spare. Trust you me. Know, he knows what he's this, doing. <laughs> this, could, this could explain some of the scrambled thoughts that I've been having, laying mm-hmm. there in bed at night, looking up at the ceiling, thinking, yeah. why have we not done that? Shouldn't we be doing this? Why uh-huh. is that? Because, you know, there's been a few production thoughts in my head. Yeah, that might explain what is going on. They're seeping through, and once he's in there, there there's no getting him out. That's the thing. Uh, That's the thing. He's like malware. <laughs> Stacklerware. It's Stacklerware. Yeah, Stacklerware. You know, <laughs> I, I didn't we go through the training on this? I went through the training on it, didn't you? I wasn't paying attention. I just figured you would get it and tell me dude, what I need to know. Dude, you blew it. You blew uh, it. Yeah, you thought bad. me doing it would be good enough. 
uh-huh. would be good enough, but no, the Stackler wear blocked it. Sorry, America. Sorry, America. Wow. It's my bad. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. That's Davis. Hello. Uh, we've got a lot of ground to cover today, and we've got Brian Doherty, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson, on with us to cover all of that ground. So yeah. if you're raising cattle, pay attention. If you're raising Ooh. dairy, pay huh? attention. Corn, soybeans, wheat, pay attention. We're going to cover a lot of ground wow. with Brian today, okay? All the things, yes. All the things. Let's get to it. What you got in the news? Chip winter wheat futures led the push to the upside in the wheat complex. Traders cited short covering as the biggest reason to leave the short side of the market. Traders also noted the U.S. weather forecast calling for sub-zero lows south into the Texas panhandle and into central Illinois as a reason to cautiously step out of short positions. March SRW wheat futures posted a session low open at a high-range close. Today's close, the highest since December 1st. March hard red winter wheat futures 17 cents higher, 864. March SRW wheat jumped 17 and one quarter, 767 and three quarters. March spring wheat closed at 927 and three quarters, up 11 and three quarters. Jim. You know, it's going to be cold here, okay? Mm-hmm. But when it gets that cold down into the panhandle and down into central Texas, mm-hmm. and I mean, they're talking about wind chill advisories uh, and, and a hard freeze in Houston. In Corpus Christi, mm-hmm. uh, that is far southern Texas. Now, just <laughs> stay aware. Keep up to date with what's going on with your power supply and everything. Ooh, yeah. Uh, ethanol production in the weekend of December 16 fell 32,000 barrels per day to an average of 1.029 million barrels. Production was down 2.1% from the same week last year and was 1.9% below the five-year average. Ethanol stocks declined 342,000 barrels as the fuel supply system prepped for Christmas travel. Spillover support from the wheat market and ongoing dry conditions in Argentina and southern Brazil helped to pull corn prices higher. March corn posted a session low open and closed near session highs and at the highest level since November 30. The close above 660 was the first this month. March corn futures 10 and one quarter cents higher, 662 and a quarter. May corn up nine and three quarters, six sixty one and three quarter. July corn futures closed at six fifty five and one half. That's up nine and one quarter cents. Chip, solid performance in the corn market today. Following wheat to the upside, we'll talk to Brian about how important it is that we finally closed back on top of resistance at six sixty. Well, Chip, even though Argentina and southern Brazil are dry, there is rain in the forecast. The potential for some relief capped buying interest in the soy complex. Also, the failure of soybean oil futures to move solidly higher with crude oil futures, up more than two bucks a barrel, was a disappointment to bean traders. March bean futures posted a low-range open and a mid-range close after spiking resistance at yesterday's high. March beans four and three-quarter cents higher, 14.84 and a half. May beans up four and a half cents, 14.87 and a half. July soybeans closed at 14.90, up four and a half cents. Hard to complain at these levels, Chip. Yeah, I guess, you know, the one thing about the bean oil market, yeah, it was an anchor, but yesterday we posted a nice solid move to the upside there. We were higher on Monday, slightly higher today. So that bean oil market, it's kind of generating some upside momentum in here right now. The cotton market confirmed yesterday's strong advance with a moderately higher close today. March cotton was 46 points higher at 88.30. 
On the livestock's choice graded boxed beef prices slipped 12 cents in morning trade, but expectations of tight cattle supplies sent February futures to a new contract high. February futures opened near session lows and closed near session highs. February cattle 212 and a half higher, 157.70. April fats up 152 and one half, 161.17 and a half. January feeders firmed 20 cents, 183.82 and a half. And finally, February lean hogs gapped lower and opened on session lows, triggering a round of aggressive short covering ahead of this week's quarterly hogs and pigs report. The near session high close was the highest since September, uh, December 5th. February hogs 415 higher at 8840 in April. <laughs> hogs up 310, 92, 57 and a half. Chip Rory. All right, Davis. Yeah, huge move in the hog market today. Uh, really an impressive, impressive move. Okay, just so you know, yes. I went ahead and sent a work ticket in to IT. Uh-huh. They're going to be working on getting this whole thing straightened out and separated and I don't know, get dude. rid of the stackler wear in there. So I think they're already I, out for Christmas. I hope not. I hope not. Uh, if you feel a few buzzes, tingles <laughs> here and there between now and, and the end of the show, don't worry about it. That's just IT in there. Oh, Brian Doherty up next. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Our name says it all. Agritalk. What more do you need to know? <laughs> Welcome uh-huh. back. Uh-huh. Yep, here we go. Indeed. If you're not in the land of the ice and snow yet, if you're anywhere in the middle of the country... Talking east to west, you better get ready for it. It's coming. You might say it's uh, cloudy with a chance of flurries at this point. <laughs> might you? Uh, you know, some people might, but I wouldn't. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm Chip. That's Davis. Hello. Brian Doherty is with Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. He's our guest today. Brian, welcome back to AgriTalk, my friend. How are you? Do we have Brian? We do. We'll get him on mute here real quick. Okay. Mm-hmm. That'll work. I bet it'll happen any second now. Did somebody say Christmas? <laughs> do we have him? Uh, I don't know. I do, we have Brian? do you hear me? There yeah, now we got you, bud. Yeah. How are you? 
I'm in the land of the ice and snow. That's how I am. So <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, hear sorry you. about that. Yeah, yeah no worries, it, man. No worries. So it looks looks like it's bearing down on us. So and yeah. the markets behaved as such today. I think factoring in some some of the things in livestock in particular. But uh, yeah, that was right. a good lead in song. One of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just now starting to see a few snowflakes fall out there, and and you know, within the hour hour and a half, I guess, here in northeast Iowa, it's uh, it's supposed to develop fairly quickly over us. So it's here, man. It's here. It's It sounds like it's going to be a, a significant storm. And like you said yesterday, when I was talking with Brian Grady from Pro Farmer, we were kind of lamenting the fact that, that the livestock markets weren't building in some kind of a weather premium. And then, boy, today they decided to get it done and get it done in a hurry, didn't they? They did, and you had a lot of short covering, I think, as well, you know, once prices broke some resistance. But, you know, this is a major winter storm, a major cool down, and not only does that affect not only the weight gain, but it also yep. just affects the movement of product. And so so traders were on the offensive. We got a good jump in the stock market today, and I think that had a kind of a risk-on mentality in a lot of markets, and mm-hmm. and they certainly proved it today. The the lone wolf, if you will, is is the milk market, though. That that's a market that continues to struggle. And, and, a, and a good example of what high prices do to a market, um, yeah. they, they cure high prices through increased uh, supply. And that's what you're seeing. You're seeing a bump in the, in the, in the cow numbers and you're, in particular you're seeing a bump in efficiency. And consequently, the market's got to bear that extra supply in an environment where it's likely that the uh, the buyers have already kind of picked up all of their uh, holiday uh, inventories yeah. and maybe even their Super Bowl inventories. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it took a long time to get to a bit of an expansion pace in this dairy industry, though, didn't it? It did. And I think one of the big culprits was labor. Um, what we uh, heard over and over from our dairy producers is, look, yeah, we've got high price for milk. Inputs are high, so we're we're sort of stymied there. But the bigger problem is just getting enough labor force that if we do want to expand or grow our business, that that's a problem. Yeah. And then there had to be some assurance of of feed availability this yep. this year. And that that you know we we got we have crops. They may not be record crops, but we have crops. So the combination, I think, of those two and and getting the efficiency figured out with less labor or with what labor you have, or maybe picking up some labor, but there were a lot of major sort of variables that it seems like the dairy producer as a whole has been able to kind of figure out uh, this last milk production report. Uh, we saw that milk production was up 1.4% production per cow up 17 pounds versus the previous November and number of cows on milk farm. Uh, or a number of cows, uh, milk cows, 8.94 million, uh, 48,000 head more than a year ago. So more cows, more efficiency, more production. Man, you know, and to me, Brian, it looks like it is a supply factor because the demand side of the dairy market still looks really good, doesn't it? Well, it does, but for some reason, the sticking point is the cheese market, and and the other problem that you have from a perceptive view is the global dairy trade, which was uh, yesterday. Those numbers came out, and that was down three point eight percent. So the perceptive or reality view is that China just is not going to import as much of everything as they did a year ago, 
And that's part of the issue when you have these COVID lockdowns. And now you pull the COVID restrictions off and you got these waves of sickness going through. It doesn't bode well for the perception of uh, exporting a lot of things like dairy product to that part of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, is there a little shrinkflation going on in the cheese, too? It, it seems like I've noticed more seven ounce packages of <laughs> cheese rather than an eight ounce. Uh, there's yeah. So, so what you call it? Package, uh, deflation. I, I think you've got that in the, if you buy a can of soup, you've got it, yeah. uh, just about anything you buy. Yeah. Uh, that's the natural sort of progress and progression. I had, uh, studied economics in college and, and we talked about things in inflationary periods or price, price fluctuation periods. You see packaging getting smaller and that's what you're seeing. It's a combination of a whole lot of things where you connect the dots between inflation and input uh, supply disruptions and whatnot, you just create smaller packaging. That's yeah. not new historically, but it's a it's a reality of today. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. Okay, let's go back to the cattle market, if we can here. Um, uh, there we're talking about a supply issue in that market being the primary driver as we look to some of the higher prices in the back month contracts, right? Absolutely. When you look, uh, and this, this, we've been talking about this build up, uh, or I should say, build down for years, and it basically comes on the on the heels of of droughty conditions in the West, continuing to permeate eastward. High inputs, high feed costs. What do you do with cows, heifers? Uh, we saw a lot of those. What we thought going to the feedlot this fall. You've got uh, look at the expectations for this this Friday's report. Um, you, you'll have uh, 97% cattle on feed. So 3% less than a year ago. Think about that. 94.4 in the placements, but marketing's a little over 100%. So you're, you're still marketing the numbers, but those are, are the backside of what was placed in, in the feedlots this fall due to dry conditions. Right. And poor, and poor pasture conditions, yeah. Yeah, right. And those cattle that were marketed in November were marketed at a heavy weight, Um maybe not a record weight, but a heavy weight. It seems like now it, with these storms coming, it's going to be harder to keep the weight on those cattle What before they get on the truck, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. You know, this yeah. is, it's tough. I mean, it, we had a dry, generally good fall for weight gain. So that's why those cattle got a little yeah. on the heavy side. And so we see that in years where you're drier in the fall, but then you're going to get that fluctuating weather where it's above freezing, below freezing, you start to get some rain in November. We didn't get a lot of that this year. We got a little bit of that, but this kind of bitter cold and this abrupt change and then snow that generally in my, these are my words yeah. that, that creates an evaporation day. That means you don't put any weight on cattle. So you, you, you see cattle sit flat or go backwards in their weight gain. And so the good news is you might see a little more corn consumption from the supply and demand table eventually onto corn for feed usage. Uh, but if you're, if you're a cattle buyer or you're someone who needs cattle, this is a tough scenario. Now you get a little bit of a spike in, a supply disruption and you can see what the futures market did it didn't take long to bust in the new contract highs yeah yeah exactly you know it, it uh that contract high close in the february uh february live cattle up above 157 darn near got to 158 um i was gonna think this week if we could just get it over 156 and hold it for this week we and hold steady next week between the holidays that it would set us up really strong but now uh, the the way it looks this february contract might 
might take a run at closing awfully close to that 160 level before the end of the year. That sets us up super strong. It, it does. And we've kind of argued that there's going to be a tighter supply into the winter months, in particular, the, the deferred cattle contracts. We've been kind of saying all year long, had it right. That is, they were carrying a premium. Yeah. Um, and then today you had this big push. You got above high short cover rally. So it's got momentum. But really what happened is the board today moved to the asking prices in the country. So you got 156, 157, 158, that area there. So the board wasted a little time getting there. Now, whether that was short covering or, or new buying, you know, it's tough to tell. We'll get a, we'll get a commitment to traders report Friday. That'll tell us through Tuesday, but nonetheless, it's new highs right across the board, February contract, both to the April contract, really strong closed above. If you're a Bollinger band person, we closed above the Bollinger bands. Those have held prices in check pretty well. So it was a big banner day in the livestock market. Maybe it's light volume going into a long weekend, but nonetheless, it was a, it was a banner close and a banner day. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. And I do know that some of the fill-in cattle through the sale barn system in northern Iowa, northeast Iowa, traded, I, I believe, Paul said, 164 yesterday. So mm. that fill-in market is showing us the way, and it, it feels like it's to the upside. Brian Doherty, Total Farm Marketing, is our guest today. We're going to talk grains when we come back next on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. Ukrainian President Zelensky will address a joint session of Congress this evening after meeting today with President Joe Biden and top cabinet and national security officials. Members of the Senate voted 70 to 25 on the first procedural vote to begin debate on the $1.7 trillion government funding bill. Both chambers must pass the measure and Biden must sign it into law by midnight Friday to avoid a lapse in government spending. Russian President Vladimir Putin will take part in a video conference to mark the launch of the Kovakia gas field, which feeds into the power of Siberia pipeline carrying Russian gas to China. The U.S. is requesting dispute settlement consultations for a third time over Canada's dairy quotas, saying it has found more areas of, quote, deep concern. News of note is taken from the pages of Pro Farmer. Get more at tryprofarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. If the world is your oyster, we've got pearls of wisdom on AgriTalk.
Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip. We're in the middle of a conversation with Brian Doherty from Total Farm Marketing. Before we get back to Brian, Davis, if you would, yeah. uh-huh. go ahead and recap where the market's closed. I would. March, hard red winter wheat futures, 17 cents higher today, 864. March, soft red wheat up 17 and one quarter, 767 and three quarters. March, corn futures were 10 and one quarter cents higher at 662 and one quarter. July corn futures closed at 655 and one half, up nine and one quarter cents. March soybean futures four and three quarter cents higher, 1484 and one half. July beans closed at 1490, up four and a half cents. March cotton 46 points higher, 8830. On the livestock side, February fat cattle two, 12 and one half higher, 15770. January feeder futures firmed at 20 cents, 18382 and a half. And February lean hogs scampered $4.15 higher on the day to close at 88.40. Chip, that is your quick market recap. Now back to you. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Brian Doherty with Total Farm Marketing is our guest today. Uh, Brian, so as I, as I look at what happened in the wheat market today, look at what happened in corn. Got the first close above 660 in March corn uh, this month. It makes me feel pretty good. And then I look at the calendar, and you realize what what, what this what this week is, and, and the, you look at the volume. It's just kind of a head-scratching, do I pay attention to these markets or not kind of trade, isn't it? Um. Yeah, it's a head scratcher every day, <laughs> but um, <laughs> in, in particular, you know, when all of a sudden, what's different from yesterday and you know from today? And I think the the real, realization in the wheat complex is that you've got these funds that are just so aggressively short the market, uh, sixty three thousand contracts net short coming into uh, well uh, this week. That's on mm-hmm. Friday's Committee of Treasury reports actually through the end of last week. So that's a lot of contracts to be short. When you kind of look across the weather spectrum, it's going to get very cold. And there is some real potential to see some uh, potential uh, or some damage to wheat. Uh, mm-hmm. Traders, maybe lighter volume, start buying back these these contracts and push pushed wheat and that kind of led the, the the way higher kind of the gates open for corn um corn good close you have the uh the downtrend line that was violated today that's encouraging you got to close above the 21 day moving average in corn uh, that's the first we've seen since november 2nd so you might okay. kind of argue that perhaps the market overdid it to the downside a little bit now we're correcting i don't think we've changed the trend yet that that'll have to come from south america yeah yeah, it, it and the reality is, we we are in a weather market, but it we may touch the pause button between now and the end of the year, right? Um, most likely we do. We consolidate yeah. and have to take a hard look at what the southern hemisphere looks like as we move into the. Um, into the first of the year, the La Nina pattern that sort of plagued that part of the world in the last two years. Most forecasters seem to be leaning toward this idea that that will dissipate into January and consequently more rain chances. Uh, now, you look at Argentina and you talk about the worst drought in 40 years in parts of that country. I don't know how you get anything that would be considered above average crop in the end. 
things are delayed. So there are some issues. The big focus will be for corn in particular will be the second crop or what's called the winter crop of corn mm -hmm. after soybeans are harvested. They've figured out how to grow big crops and now they're figuring out how to sell it to uh, China. Right. And so it's a matter of if there's any kind of disruptive vision there, uh, you've kind of tapped into your resources in Argentina. It has to come through so, or Brazil has to come through now. So, so we are getting into this kind of this tighter spring loaded potential to run prices higher really quick, but you still need something to trip that spring or this catalyst mm -hmm. today looks good it looks nice we got a higher high than we had from last week and a higher low from the week before but i don't think we've turned the corner yet unfortunately we might be still in that long tail of a bull market from last year yeah okay uh let's talk a little bit more about the wheat market because ukrainian president Zelensky is here in, at the white house right now uh we're about an hour away from a joint press conference between Biden and Zelensky. Uh, the, the, the question, okay, in 2022, Russia invades Ukraine. We're not going to have another Russian invasion of Ukraine in 2023. I get that. But if there is an, an if Putin turns even more aggressive in the, uh, uh, yeah, aggressive in the region, uh, if if there are, if the UN sees the need for some additional sanctions against Russia in the year ahead, can we see it? As long as the war continues, can we see that can be a an influence on on the market going forward? You know, that's a great question, and I, I would argue I'm not so sure that sanctions against Russia, unless it's against the export of goods and the United Nations and the world, kind of seems to be uh, complicit in that they want food to the world and they want Russia right. to be able to export. But if this war intensifies, which I, I think I think about when the war started and, and, and my view of watching all of the, let's say, experts and talking heads, that this thing was going to be over relatively quickly. Right. It looks to me like we're anything but over quickly, and they're talking about billions of dollars more. Basically, the, the United States almost fighting a pseudo war against Russia right now. Mm -hmm. I, I would be and, and this this is just one of those things where you have to have a perceptive vision. But I you know, if something with that export channel is disrupted, that's where all the covers come off of this wheat market and it starts to run it back up and picks up those $2 it lost or maybe more. But I right. think it has to be the supply disruption or the perception the, the worry about lack of winter wheat plantings and the condition of the crop and displaced labor, you know, funds have been selling that. And yeah. I don't know if they've, they've been selling it because once they start selling, the buyers get beat up. So if you're making money, you just keep doing what you're doing. You just keep selling more because it's working and you sell more because it's working. And now you have house money to work with. But that's a lot of contracts short going into a winter with a drought condition in the U.S., droughty conditions elsewhere in the world, and this whole war thing hanging over the food supply to the whole central region of the world, Africa and the, the Middle East and, and those regions. I'm surprised there's not more war and or weather premium put into the wheat market at, you know, right. hitting new contract lows this, you know, two weeks ago, that's just kind of a head scratcher. I know it's a high yep. price historically, but it's a low price compared to even before the war started. That's right. That That's exactly right. And 
right now I'm starting to wonder if spring wheat is doing enough to compete for acres in the Northern Plains. Uh, you know, it, it's, and, and I understand that demand for U.S. wheat pretty much stinks right now. No, not pretty much stinks right now. But it, it, the, the U.S. has to be, almost has to be the, 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 the exporter of last resort in this whole event, right? I mean, we're going to continue to pull wheat out of Russia as long as we can. We're going to continue to pull wheat out of Ukraine as long as we can. But once it gets to the point that maybe we can't, the U.S. had better have some supplies left. I think that's one of the reasons that, yeah, today's price is not low. It's just not as high as it used to be. Is that the right line? I think it is. I think it's exactly okay. the right line. You know, it's just where, where the wheat gets exported in the world. It's just we are many times a last resort, whether it's just because of the value of our currency versus others or the proximity yeah. of bringing wheat from, let's say, the Black Sea into northern African countries. So so it is an interesting scenario. But when you step back and take a look at it, the world has a pot of wheat. We're part of that pot. Um, the dollar has come down in value. It's mm-hmm. down about 10% from where it was. Um, drop wheat $2 a bushel, we may still be expensive, but the net cost is still cheaper than it was all year, has been all year to any importing country. Yep. Yep. Okay. What do you think of this March bean contract in, inching its way back up to 15 bucks? Yeah, I kind of chuckled because I was looking at the uh, at the chart and did, did just a quick study and looked at, okay, in June, what happened? We, we traded above 15 on the March contract. And then on June 22nd, we traded, uh, that was the last close we had and trade above 15 until September uh, 13th. And then we traded one day above 15, got as high as 15.08, but closed that day at 14.83. So mm-hmm. since June 22nd, kind of chew on this for just a minute, We've traded one time above $15, have not closed above $15, but we've had 25 sessions now where the market has traded above $14.75. So it's kind of at a real critical crossroad here. It's either Mm going to break through this resistance or we're going to just tip it over the other way. So farmers kind of got to decide whether they want to sell old crop. And if they do, my suggestion would then be replaced immediately with some kind of a call or bull call spread strategy to be in front of this. And if you're going to decide to hold the wheat or the, the beans, then I might suggest mm-hmm. a put or maybe a fence strategy to defend it, try and leave that top side open for uh, uh, some level or unlimited. Uh, but one thing probably is for sure is we're not going to stay in this general area. Things are going to move and it all depends on the Southern hemisphere. Man, there's that's where we're going to leave it. That's a great way of summing things up, Brian. Great job today, my friend. You brought the good stuff. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you too, Brian. Thanks. That's Brian Doherty, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. Get this, Davis. uh, We just got word. Uh Uh-huh. We we didn't get Todd Bubba Horwitz at the start of the show. Yeah. But we're going to have him at the end of the show. Todd Horwitz, BubbaTrading.com, coming up next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. 
to give your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. AgriTalk is brought to you by the Conservation at Work video series. Farmer to Farmer, the Conservation at Work video series features real stories, real successes, real quick. See what's possible at farmers.gov slash conservation. And welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Your pal, Davis Michelson here. Chip Flory joins Chip. Yes. I need to I need to talk to the good uh, good people out there for just a moment. Okay. I'm g- I'm going to be gone the next two days. <laughs> okay. Okay. And I just want to explain. I'm sorry. It's unexpected. Um, but dental work knows no holiday is the thing. <laughs> uh, I'm in a, a catastrophic situation right now. Maybe you've noticed that in my diction every once in a while that there's I've got a tooth. Basically, I'm having the whole front of my face rebuilt. Um, <laughs> you- I I did order the extra handsome kit. Um, okay, which good. Basically, just ensures that my dentist's kids are going to have a great Christmas this right. year. <laughs> right. Their teeth but, are perfect because of you. You better believe it. They darn well better be. You know, <laughs> I want to see some doctor's degrees coming out of this deal here. But uh, they they could get me in first thing in the morning, and it's yeah. they're like, you have got to get this done. And so I'm sorry. I'm going to have to leave you high and dry for uh, for the rest of the week. But I'll be back right after the Christmas holiday. I get it. I get it. I think everybody understands it. And, you know, I got to say it. You know, it's yes. an update. It's an update to your wish list, too, isn't it? Uh, it kind of is. It's been a long time coming to get my grill rebuilt. And uh, and I'm looking forward to having a, a permanent solution. So this is it. And I'm going to jump on it. And off we go. All right. So as, right. as you as you good folks are chomping your peanut brittle and uh, enjoying your holiday <laughs> meals, I'll be uh, sucking soup through a straw. Think of the handsome newsman. Think of the handsome newsman. Oh, jeez. All right, buddy. Well, you get That's through all. it. I know you will. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. All right. Let's bring in Todd Horowitz, BubbaTrading.com. Bubba, how are you, man? What's up? Hey, Davis, listen, all you got to do is now you need a big crop next year because you got to yeah. pay for that, that dental bill, and they ain't cheap, I'll tell you that. <laughs> It'll be fine. Interest rates are coming down, baby. There's no recession. No recession. Not, I'll be fine. Not, not, in your, not, not in your lifetime, baby. They're going <laughs> higher. Six, six, 6% 10-year will be here next year. You can guarantee it. You can bet on it. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, you know what? You uh, know what? I don't. I don't think I'm going to disagree with you, Bubba, because the Senate is getting ready to dump a 1.7 trillion dollar omnibus spending bill into the economy. That's not going to slow down inflation. Do you see some of the earmarks no. in this thing? 
You know, Chip, I can't bother. If I looked at him, I'd puke. I couldn't take it. I, 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 I can't stand what they're doing to this country. I can't stand the destruction. I can't stand a Federal Reserve that hikes rates into a recession, even though they change the rules on what a recession is. And, and who does it punish the most? It punishes the small guy. Once again, we're beating up on the little guy. We're beating up on the small farmer because this is who really gets punished by what's going on. And these enormous interest rates that suddenly have shown up out of nowhere. And when we, when we look at the rates, okay, they're, 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 you know, farmers pay a point or two plus what everybody else pays. That, that's the unfortunate yeah. concern that we have because they're considered risk capital when they're borrowing money, right? So it's an ugly scenario that is being built, but I do believe that commodities in general in 2023 are going to have a big market, believe it or not, because everything that we're ignoring today can only lead to better things in the future for the commodity space, because I think the equities are going to get, I think that we're going to see almost a repeat of last year's first quarter which was a disaster and everybody was panicking. But I think this year, the panic will continue throughout the year, which will be good for the commodity space in general. Wow. Okay. You know, just as a point of reference, 10-year right now, I looked it up real quick, uh, 3.68%, and Bubba says 6% plus. Well, we were, a- over four, we were close to 45 at one point this year. Remember this, Chip, the yield curve, and if you don't know what the yield curve is, the, the market starts out at T-bills at 30 days, and they go to notes until over 20 years, and over 20 years they become bonds. But it's all the same product. Right now, you can get three-month money. You can get a three-month CD for 4.5% right now. Okay? The inversion of the yield curve is backwards, right? You can get 30-day money or 90-day 90 money, 4.5%. The ten years at three—it's a great hour, yeah. right? The ten years at three and three and a half, whatever it is. Yeah. So, you know, I've been parking money in CDs because right now they're paying too much money. But this is this is what happens when you have a recessionary period and a coolest Fed that doesn't give a rat's ass about the average American and the average small business person, which would bring in a lot of farmers into that equation. Well, they're just so disconnected from the average person, Bubba. They, what what they what they see that they're doing right now they they think it's perfectly acceptable, and here and you're right. Well, and they, they, that's out the, in the countryside. That they don't care because again they're looking to get the socialism. You know the great reset, which is what we've talked about a number of times. Uh, you know again when you have an economist compliment the way that China does business, you should go yeah. see a doctor and have your head examined, and, and you yeah. go to Davis's dentist and have him smash your face in. <laughs> I mean that that's ridiculous. They'll do it. I can get you a deal. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I'm sure I'm I'm sure he's real I'm sure he's real reasonable. And he and I guarantee you his inflation isn't seven point one percent either. I'm sure it's closer to thirty percent. Yeah. Okay. We we've only got about thirty seconds here, but give me a little bit more on this commodity rally. Why? Because A, we're we're way short on commodities. I don't care what they tell you, I don't care what you read, we're way short, number one. Number two, if equities fail, which I expect them to do, commodities are the number one replacement where new money goes when there's no place to go. And that's where I think we're going to see not only the shortage will come into play, but the overall market money, new money will flow into those markets. And this is the time. We're due for a big market as well. 
and this is the time that all the commodity guys clean up and make some big dough. Okay. All right, buddy. Hey, Merry Christmas to you, Bubba. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy New Year, but I'll see you next week. But you guys are the best, and I love I love Market Rally Radio. How long have I been with you guys? A long time. Eight Jesus years. Eight, eight, time. Almost nine years. The whole time. We appreciate so, you, yep. Bubba. It is a pleasure to be here, and it is happy, happy to be here. All right, we're losing him. We're losing him. Thanks, Bubba. All right, hey. Thank you so much for listening today. Come back tomorrow morning. We're going to have a grit with gray story and a conversation with Jacob Cordova from Bright Yeti.